Hello and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and today on the podcast, I am so, so pleased to be joined by the gals from Luscious Hustle. So Betsy and Laura Milne are not actually related, as we will talk about in this episode. They are the co-founders, however, of Luscious Hustle. They are soulful entrepreneurs, podcast hosts, and creators behind a growing tribe and coaching brand. Betsy and Laura help women discover their purpose, create a business they love, and manifest the luscious life of their dreams. Now, I was a guest on their podcast just a little while back here, and I really wanted to have the ladies on here to talk about uh, really how we manage everything that's going on, right? How, what does luscious hustle look like? How do we get all the things done we want to? How do we hustle, whether it's as entrepreneurs or in our business, but also have a luscious life where we're not completely burnt out, where we're able to really just like soak in all the beautiful things that are going on? Yes, even during COVID-19. We talk about how the ladies first met, how the business came to be, their own sort of backgrounds in, in burnout or sort of challenging careers. We also talk about, especially if you're someone who had a specific goal in mind for this year for your business or for your career, and you've had to go to a plan B, we talk about what that looks like as well. We talk about how to, what your purpose looks like. And it's not even necessarily career related, which I think is super important to remember. It's a really fantastic conversation. I could have talked to these ladies all day long, but, uh, you know, hand to cap it at an hour. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Now, this particular episode is brought to you by Straight from the CPA's Mouth, a new podcast series created by the CPA Education Foundation and funded by the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center. Alberta's Chartered Professional Accountants, or CPAs, are experts on a wide range of topics and issues to Albertans. Straight from the CPA's Mouth has discussions on topics that are important to you, from leadership skills and achieving career potential to financial literacy and how to make your tax refund bigger. Whether you're a university student or a new Albertan or a parent, you'll find something of value on this unique podcast. So you can find more uh, pretty much anywhere that uh, podcasts are played, finding straight from the CPA's mouth, or go to cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. Now, this episode is also brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and make Edmonton its creative best. Once normal working conditions resume, you are invited to join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations all dedicated to getting things done. Unit B Coworking is located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown. For more information, visit unitb.ca. Okay, without further ado, let's head into the interview with Laura and Betsy. Well, thank you, Betsy and Laura, for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so pleased to have you, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. This yeah, is so thank fun. You. We just had you on our podcast. So I know it's a little crossover. I like it. Yeah. yeah and I, so I think I was watching your Insta stories yesterday and cause I didn't know the background cause I genuinely did think you were like sisters-in-law or related somehow. <laughs> 
And then you're like, no, just our last name. Strangers. Yeah. Total strangers with the same last name. But it's not like a common last name. God, no. No. And no one ever pronounces it correctly either. (laughs) No. How do you pronounce it? Milne. Milne. Like mill. Nah, on the end. But people get real creative because that E on the end just confuses everyone. Oh, yeah. see, because the only other Milne I know is like the Winnie the Pooh author. So yeah, same, like, same deal. We're probably yeah. all related. So yeah. how did you two ladies first connect? What's that origin story? Yeah, so in 2016, so about almost exactly like four years ago, um, I was building a network marketing business at the time, actually. And I was building, I was doing it differently. I will just say that. Like I never hosted the like at home parties and the like hit up your grandma for that last minute order at, you know, Friday night or whatever, (laughs) whatever people do. Um, So I was really focused on building connections on social media, building my following on Instagram and like trying to create a personal brand. I wouldn't have used that terminology at the time because I didn't understand that, but that's really what I was doing. So I came across and I was interested in working with people who were like in the health and wellness space and had the same kind of brand and vibe that I was looking to build. So I came across Betsy's profile, loved what she was doing. She was a health coach and she was like showing her gardening and all her like, she had like a food blog. And I was like, damn, this chick has like got it together. P.S. She has the same last name as me. That never happens. Like that alone is worth a DM because that just doesn't exist. So I hit her up in DMs. Um, like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Would love to connect with you. PS, we have the same last name. Um, this was in the early days of DMS, right? No one was really doing that yet. And so Betsy lost the DM for a few days. Then she found it again. (laughs) And we really, honestly, we went from an Instagram DM to talking on the phone pretty quickly. And coincidentally, or not, because there's no such thing as coincidence, right? The universe is always, you know, working in the background for us. So she had actually already been looking at the product partner I was working with and been trying to suss out who she should go with and whatever. So it was those stars aligned right away. So we started working together. She was building her health coaching business. I was doing the network marketing piece. And every time we would get on the phone, we were air quotes supposed to be talking about this like network marketing product partner that we were going to weave into our business. We really didn't ever end up talking about that. We mostly talked about branding and entrepreneurship and being a visionary and like what's happening in the online space and where is it going? And, you know, how do you, how do you build a community of followers who are really, you know, interested in what you do, this sort of thing. So then fast forward about six months to December of 2016, Betsy was in New York having like dinner with her girlfriends and they all wanted to talk about like Tinder and who they were dating and like all this shit. And she was like, yeah, but I want to talk about my website. Like I want to talk about like starting a WordPress blog. (laughs) This is not what I want to be talking about. So on the way home from New York, she called me and she's like, would you want to start a podcast with me? And I was like, hell yes, absolutely. I said, yes, right away. Keep in mind, I didn't even listen to podcasts then. I didn't really know what a podcast was. Like I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, that's that, that's that purple button on my iPhone, right? That's what that one does. Cool. Um, but really just beginner's mindset is the lesson learned from this, from this little tale, because we had the, Betsy had the idea to start the podcast. We recorded our first episode and it was live on iTunes two weeks later, January 4th, 2017. So for that whole first year of 2017, we were just a podcast and we just built up and we had no following on social media, like none. So we focused on building a brand, building a following, building a community, created a free Facebook group, you know, gaining subscribers on the podcast, building connections with our contemporaries in the online space. Um, 
And then it wasn't until then that a full year later that we actually monetized and created a business. And I think that is, that's really where the magic happened in the beginning because we were just focused on having really good conversations, deep, juicy conversations with interesting, smart women that we felt it was those conversations weren't happening in our everyday life. So it was like, if it's not happening in real life, let's make it happen on the podcast and see what will come of it. And, and that's the origin story of <laughs> Luscious Hustle. When did you actually meet in person though? So a whole year into it. So we had had, it was like end of July, beginning of August, like the following year. So yeah. I had been working with her in network marketing for a year. We'd had the podcast for seven months at Eight that months. time. Yeah. 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 And um, it was so funny because like, you know, you see pictures of somebody on the internet and like, you, know, you never know, right? Like you build this connection and then you could meet in real life and it could be like a shit show, right? Like, it's like dating. No idea. <laughs> right. And I will never forget. I was sitting in the lobby at the hotel, like checking in for like our convention or whatever. And like Laura, and I was like, Oh, there's Laura. And it was like, kind of just like, I've known her my entire life. Like there was nothing weird about it at all. And everybody's like watching the two of us because everybody who knew us knew like we hadn't met in real life. And this was the first time. And I was just like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, yeah, what's up? Like gave each other a hug. And then it was like, okay, so we're going over here now and doing this thing. And I, I think it really speaks to, to the magic that can actually be created online. We hear so many women talk about how like connection, in-person connection is so important, but really if you're open to receiving what the universe brings you, then you have this opportunity to make real connections and do incredible things with somebody who lives 3000 miles away from you in a different country, two different time zones. Like there's the sky really is the limit in this digital age. So I couldn't agree more. My co-creator of Stress Less in 90 Days, she lives in Victoria. Ironically, I'm moving to Victoria now, but we met when we were doing our coaching training yeah. and we just so connected and so bonded and like filmed our whole course, created it and only met like a year later. And it was yeah. like the same kind of thing, like just best friends and like so connected on what we cared about talking about, right? Same kind of thing of like nobody else was talking about like how to manage stress or wellness or all that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, I couldn't agree more, which is yeah. good during the time, the COVID times, right? It well, is. and it's funny too, because I mean, it's not like the internet is new. Like it, things have been blowing up for, you know, really the last 20 years, but it was really not until this spring when coronavirus happened that people finally understood what Betsy and I had been doing all along. Like, I think a lot of our friends and family, especially, but even, you know, like colleagues or, or former colleagues, or whatever, it's just like, I, I don't know what they thought we were doing at home all day long, like watching Netflix. I don't know. They're like, oh, this is what you use Zoom for. Oh, like I get how you did this business now yeah. from two different countries, 3000 miles apart. Like we've been doing it for four years now, really yeah. like, and and I think, so, I mean, that actually is kind of an exciting piece that happened with the coronavirus is like everyone, like we've been doing this for a while now. We were, mm -hmm. we were pandemic ready from the start. Um, and it's nice that everyone else is like kind of on the same page now. <laughs> yeah. So Luscious Hustle started as a business sort of after the podcast. Tell me what Luscious Hustle means to you, ladies. What, what does that name bring about? So luscious hustle really represents masculine and feminine energy in the business world. So we actually originally started out as luscious living podcast and the word luscious to me, besides having a lisp and having a really hard time saying luscious, um, I never really felt worthy of that word. Laura really, she was very adamant. Like we're using luscious living. And I was like, 
okay, I'll learn how to say the word. Um, but to me, luscious always, there was always like a little bit of guilt with having like a luscious life or what that looked like. So um, very early on, I just made the mindset, conscious mindset shift to, to embrace that side of living a luscious life. Like we are worthy of it. I had a lot of crap to unpack to get to this point. But when we, we, when we launched our first program, we called it Luscious Hustle Academy um, because we really were digging into branding your own person, like your personal brand, building a business around your brand. Um, and so it really was, how do we hustle not in the traditional sense of like burnout, but really how can we hustle and feel luscious at the same time? We had a coach that we hired and she pointed out, you know, you guys sit in your, your duality with masculine and feminine. Like one of us is in our feminine, one of us is in our masculine and we flip flop back and forth. And so the name really stuck out even more at that point because everybody has masculine and feminine energy. We need masculine in order to like build a business and hit our goals. But at the same time, we need that feminine energy so that we feel in flow. So we feel divine. That's where the creativity lives. And so picking the name Luscious Hustle just made so much sense because it really is a new way of doing business. So one where you're leading with intention and feeling, but still seeing results, still building a six-figure business without that constant threat of burnout. Because I think too many business coaches out there teach strategy and that's great. But when strategy doesn't work, it's not about doing more strategy and burning yourself out. It's really about getting back in touch with your feelings and then uncovering what the block is underneath so you can release that so that the strategy does start working for you. It's not about adding on. Yeah. It's really about expanding. Yeah. And that's so important and and a topic close to my heart, right? Like burnout is, I've experienced it myself. So many of our listeners have experienced it and you've got your own like background story and burnout, right, Betsy? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked in New York city. It's so funny. Cause like I black out so much time. So I'll say like 12 to 15 years. I don't actually know it's closer to 15 years that I worked out of New York city. Um, but being in the city for about 12 years straight and I worked in fashion. And so it really was me sleeping with my Blackberry. I had factories over in China very early on in my career with them. I went to China and set up factories for six months. So I was already in the mindset of like, my day is a 24 hour day. There was a time in my life where I could not get in into the office without a Starbucks black eye, which I don't know if you know what that is. Um, so a red eye is two shots of espresso and a coffee and a black eye is actually three shots of espresso and a venti coffee. Um, I would drink that black. So there was no milk or sugar, like coming down with it. Um, I think I shook for about a year with that one. That was like a really great year. I was super thin, but like really not healthy. Um, And so what happened was I got this dream job that I wanted in New York. I was building a business. I went from being an assistant to the vice president of the company within five years. Um, I literally built accounts from nothing into multi-million dollar accounts working with some of the top designers in the world. And by the end of my time in New York City, I had such bad migraines, which I'd been suffering with like since I was 16. Um, I was slurring my words in meetings. I was losing chunks of time. I don't remember getting to and from work. I have trips that I in China that I really don't remember at all. Um, I see pictures with my friends. I was drinking a lot to sort of manage. Um, Excedrin also happened to that year be recalled. And so I had like one bottle of like 100 pills. And that was the only drug that worked for my migraines. Um, I had like fatty liver because I was taking so many pills. Like there were so many things wrong with me. And I was going to the doctor and just like not getting answers. It was like, well, this is stress. This is this. This is that. You, you've had headaches since you were 16. This is part of life. Just learn to manage. Um, and finally, my mom actually 
she, she'll say, I didn't put my foot down, but she kind of did for my mom say multiple times. I think you really need to move home. Like, I think like this is getting to the point where she could see it. And I wasn't even telling her about all the doctor visits and the MRIs and all the back stuff. Um, so she finally said, I think, I really think you need to move home. Like this is really serious. And it wasn't till I got up here. Um, my dad was already sick with Alzheimer's. So I used that as like the mindset, like who at 36 wants to move back in with their parents. But I was like, well, the story is that my dad's sick, so I'm going to take care of him. But at the same time, I moved up here and had like really six months of like darkness. And it occurred to me at that time, um, I probably would be dead if I was still in the city because the amount of depression that I went through after that for six months, um, and also how long it took me to heal from being in New York and being on a constant schedule that's 24 hours, like it was way longer than I thought. And I, you know, I signed up to become a health coach six months after I moved up here. And it really was for that exact reason was like, how do I move forward without burning myself out completely? Like I have to heal myself so I can heal other people. I don't really know if I want to start a business because I don't think physically I can handle it, but if I can heal myself, then yeah, I can heal other people. And that really got me on this idea of how do we shift out of just accepting the burnout as the thing that we're supposed to have? Cause at 36, I couldn't hold a relationship. I was doing really well in my job, but like, I really wasn't showing up in my job. Um, and I was so miserable and so depressed. Like, I mean, I didn't, I, my mom reminded me the other day, I didn't talk for a month except for work. My parents would talk to me and I wouldn't talk back. So like when you're dealing with that level of burnout and that level of depression and that level of anxiety, like you're not functioning in the real world. And so I just think, you know, as women, we need to be a lot more aware of what's happening and not write the story like, oh, things are okay. I have the job. I have the title. I have the paycheck. Like I was doing all the things that I said I wanted. And then all of a sudden it was flat. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't want anyone to feel that way. And that's why we do Luscious Hustle the way that we do it yeah. so that people don't mm -hmm. do that. I would add to that too. I mean, Betsy didn't mention this, but she actually manifested the job that she got in New York after yeah. watching The Devil Wears Prada. Like yeah. she watched that movie, loved it, and then manifested like an amazing job. And many aspects of Betsy's job were bougie and exciting. And like it was New York and like there was a lot of title to throw around and be like, ooh, right? But you know, again, like it's, there's a reason we luscious. Luscious comes first then the hustle. It has yeah. to be in that order. And, you know, we have built this business, you know, Betsy's done a ton of healing on multiple physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually healing through trauma. She's done a lot of healing. I've had to do a lot of healing over the last year. And the thing that you need to understand is that the luscious and the healing must happen in lockstep with building the business. Yeah. The two things have to happen together and actually one facilitates the other and vice versa. Yeah. So that's the reason that we we build our business the way that we do. And it, it's funny, this just came to my mind. Like when we were talking about the word luscious, maybe because I just had my birthday and I'm a Leo and Jennifer Lopez is a Leo, but like Jennifer Lopez, when you think of the word luscious, like four years ago, when I thought of the word luscious, I thought of Jennifer Lopez. Like JLo is so freaking luscious. She's 51 years old. She looks like she's 30. And she just is the embodiment of like confidence and intelligence, but she's sexy and she's, but not in a sleazy way. Like she's just so beautiful. And like, I didn't feel luscious. I didn't feel worthy of that word, but I, I wanted, I aspired to be like someone like that. Yeah. And yet at the same time, JLo is an incredibly hardworking woman. She's smart. She's determined. She has huge goals and she's very hardworking. And yet you see that she really does live a very luscious life and she embodies it completely. And that's, 
to me, that is our luscious hustlers. That's our, that's us. And that's our, our tribe or community, right? Because those two things have to happen together and you get to, you get to really enjoy, um, the fruits of your labor while you're laboring for them, I guess is the way I want to say it. Yeah. So I love that. Not all of our listeners are business owners, but I do think the, the term luscious hustle applies really to every part of our lives, right? Like our career, how we hustle. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, a lot of women particularly are, you know, looking at how their life is during COVID and they're like, I don't know where I'm finding this luscious. I don't have time (laughs) for it. Or like, and you know, you're talking about like, we need to heal so that we can get out of the burnout. What's your advice for women right now who are just like, I don't even know where to start. I'm so overwhelmed. That's such a good question. And it's something that is so near and dear to my heart because I used to believe that there was no space for this. Mm -hmm. I used to really truly believe that my success was determined by the title, by where I was, where I was flying off to on vacation. I'm someone that loves to travel. Like last year I traveled so much. It was ridiculous. Um, so interestingly, I think those pockets of joy happen when we take the pressure off ourselves. Right. So for me with COVID, I mean, I lost my dad at the beginning of COVID. So not only have we been building a business and restructuring our business, but then I lost one of my purposes during COVID on top of everything else and not being able to go out. So one of the cheesiest things that I've done since COVID is I bought a swimming pool, like a little blow up, like 48 inch wide swimming pool to put my feet in. My mother thought I was insane because I'm still quarantined with my mom who is in her late seventies, who has lung issues, who, if she gets sick, like I'm getting her sick if I go out. So I'm very mindful of this. Anyway, I was sitting with my feet in the pool the other day and my mom, like I said, she made fun of me completely. And we were sitting there and I was as happy sitting in a backyard in a place that I don't even like, like, this isn't really my home. Like I don't call, I don't think of Pennsylvania as like being home. I was sitting in my backyard and I was like, this is as great as like a week in the outer banks. And in that sing in that simple moment, like, yeah, I only spend an hour out there, but it's like, can you connect it to a time, that moment of stillness? Can you connect it to a time where it felt really luscious for you? And then all of a sudden you start reframing those little moments throughout your day. So for me, lusciousness in the day, I wake up in the morning and I make a cardamom latte. Sounds simple, but like even five minutes by myself can be enough to energize that battery, like that luscious battery that lives inside all of us so that we feel better. And I know that somebody's probably listening to this and they're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't work. It does when we pay attention to the moment. And we actually have to give ourselves permission to feel the moment fully. Yes, you can have kids crying and screaming in the background. Yes, you can have people that are relying on you. Yes, you can have work that has to get done. But if you give yourself and expand a little bit into those pockets, I guarantee you, you will start feeling that lightness. And once you can bring a little bit into your day, then it starts snowballing because then it's not about rushing to do the next thing. It's kind of like, I'm going to appreciate this moment for what it is. Yeah, it sucks. I'm still on lockdown. Yeah, I can't go on vacation, but I can have these tiny pockets that feel really good. And it's the only way I've gotten through lockdown. If I'm being completely honest, like sticking my feet in the pool, even after a coaching call, like it sounds so stupid. I really want to upgrade our pool, but like, (laughs) you know, is it worth it? I don't know. Um, But the little one is working. And I think it's just those little tiny mindset shifts that, you are worthy of having five minutes to yourself. You are worthy of enjoying it. It's not indulgent. It is self-care. And I 
I also think people treat self-care, that's a whole other thing, but I also think people treat self-care like a to-do list item yeah. and they're not actually enjoying it. And mm-hmm. it's not indulgent. You're, you deserve it. Yeah. I would say too, especially with, with COVID, because there's so many things that feel like they've been taken away from us. And so we're sort of waiting where there's this constant anticipation of like one day when the economy's fully open again and things are booming again and I can send my kids back to school and like we're living in this one day someday syndrome of and and then it makes it feel like Groundhog Day right where nothing you can't differentiate Tuesday from Friday and it just feels kind of like this black vortex and that's really dangerous honestly so what Betsy's talking about, like sinking into that present moment, like you really have to, that's actually how you get to expand time. Because when you're in that, that feedback loop, it feels like groundhog day. It's like the day feels long and short at the same time. You can never get enough done, but then you're never really celebrating or enjoying anything at the same time. And you know, all of a sudden July is over. How did that happen? And yet you feel like the days take forever. So that's, there's like a a time distortion piece when you're really sinking into the present moment and you're really taking the time to celebrate yourself, um, celebrate the things that you enjoy making space for those things. You get to expand time. Like things get to slow down for you a little bit. It doesn't feel like such a rush. It takes the pressure off. And weirdly, when you get to that place where you can start slowing down time, then actually more will start happening for you within that time. Like you'll, you'll, you'll feel like life is moving along again, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it wasn't for so long, or it hasn't maybe felt like that since March, since, you know, yeah. since lockdown happened. And I think a lot of people underestimate how many little pockets of joy you, they already have, but they're just mm-hmm. not present for, right? Cause you're on your phone or you're distracted or you're thinking about something else. Whereas if you actually just are mindful in the moment, it's like, oh, wow, I actually have a lot of these opportunities already before I even buy the pool. Right. Like, yeah. 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 One of the biggest shifts, like a really, um, if you have an iPhone, it has helped me immensely because I could very easily, especially with my dad, my dad was home in hospice for a month. So I had a lot of time like sitting with him and I was like mindfully scroll, not my, mindlessly scrolling Instagram. I thought I was being mindful and doing market research and like, really, let's be real. I was just like watching TikTok dance videos on Instagram and it was awesome. <laughs> um, but I think I have a, I set a timer on my social media. So like in your iPhone, you can actually set limits for social media. They are such awesome reminders. Like, oh, you have spent a lot of time on Instagram today. Like it's time to knock that off. And so I have everything set for an hour. You can extend it for sure. But I think having those, I had turned it off for a little bit and then I immediately turned it back on. Putting your phone down at night, getting out of the room. We hear from so many moms that are like, my kids just want to be on me all day long. Like I need more space. Well, cool thing. Think about this for a second. Um, What are moms like? Moms are the, they're kind of like lightning rods for kids energy, right? So when you're standing there and you've got your feet on the ground and the kids holding on to you, it's because you actually are absorbing their energy in pushing it down into the earth for them. So we understanding the logic, why kids are doing this, then you can step out of and be like, okay, honey, you're going to play by yourself for five minutes. Mommy's going to go over here and have a cup of coffee. Like you can say no to your kids. And I just, if, if anyone's listening to this, that's struggling with that. Like you're not a bad mom. If you have to step away from your kids and take care of yourself first, I was a caregiver for my dad. I didn't take care of myself well enough first. And so I think that, just understanding that those pockets of joy happen, not when we're being selfish, knock that crap word out of your mind, but when we're actually 
fueling ourselves back up, right? Instead of draining ourselves, you can't serve from an empty cup. And that's really, that's where the joy happens when you enjoy filling your cup back up. And it's tiny, tiny pockets that make a huge difference. Okay, so I want to quickly interrupt this episode to let you know a little bit more about the Stress Less Summer Bundle. So as I've mentioned before, we know that, you know, COVID has definitely added stress to our lives, right? So much going on, Uh, whether it's changed your business, your career, your finances, your home life, your family, your relationship, whatever the impact it's had, I'm willing to bet there's been a lot of stress. And we all kind of maybe thought that September things might be back to some sort of normal. And, you know, that's just not what it's looking like, right? We don't know what's in store for the fall or beyond. What I do know is that there's some key strategies, tools, mindset shifts that are going to help you manage that stress. And that's why I've partnered with uh, the other creators of some of my courses to create these Stress Less Summer Bundles. So from August 17th to August 31st, we are running a bundle of four programs with a savings of 50% off. So this includes Stress Less at Work, Stress Less Mindfulness and Meditation for the Everyday, Stress Less About Your Body, and our signature self-led program, Stress Less in 90 Days, which is going back into the vault for good and will only be available to our group coaching and one co- one-to-one coaching clients going forward. It's absolute incredible value. And if you want to know more about this, if you want to arm yourself with the tools so that you can handle whatever life throws your way this fall and in 2021, go to stresslessladies.podia.com. So stresslessladies.podia, P-O-D-I-A.com, where you can sign up for the bundle before August 31st. You get lifetime access, you're saving 50% on the cost of the programs, or you can buy them individually before their costs go up on September 1st. At the end of the day, I just want you to have the tools that you need to manage your stress because you deserve more than burnout. You deserve a life where you're thriving even in hard times and I know that together we can make that happen. So without further ado, let's head back into the interview. Well, and what we keep talking about really is all these mindset shifts and limiting beliefs, right? That one day, someday, self-care is selfish. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. You really work with women deep on limiting beliefs and how to switch them out of it. So what, besides the ones that we've just talked about, like what is, what's something that continues to come up with women that you're seeing that where they're just stopping themselves, whether in their business, their career, and how do you switch that script for them? That's a good question. Well, the business one that we see coming up a lot is um, f- like fear to launch, fear to like, well, I'm a f- I have this idea, but I'm afraid that it won't make money. There is apps. I mean, I can, you can, you could hire me as a coach and I could, you know, we could discuss your idea and I could tell you if it's probably a good idea or a bad idea. And I would probably, we would probably be right. Um, but ultimately I can never be a hundred. I never tell you for a hundred percent certain if something's going to work or not, because you just have to do it. And like so many things in business, you launch something and then you get feedback from mm-hmm. your audience. You get feedback from your customers and clients and then things mold and shift and change over time. And that's how, you know, the, the core seed of an idea, you know, develops into something like that's really a full bloom. Right. And it, 
So there's, there's that piece. And then there's also the piece of just showing up on social media and just being yourself, just show up now. So it's, there's the initial get started with the business and start putting it out there. And then, yeah, you have to show up consistently. And I, I don't know what it, it, I, I kind of blame like a little bit of, there's too much comparisonitis happening in the social media space. I really think that's what it is. It's like, you're seeing someone else talking about their business, talking about the work, what they're doing with their life. And then you immediately start judging yourself and thinking that you, well, I couldn't possibly compare to that. And you just don't need to do that. You need to get started somewhere. When I look back at like old Facebook lives that Betsy and I did, or like old Insta stories of like, it's cringeworthy. Like it's not, I cringe. And, but whatever. So what? I did it. It's better to have just showed up and just be the best version that you can be. And then start growing from that. Cause you're not ever going to be perfect. And that's, that's really, that's really what those two things boil down to. It's there's a perfectionism piece, which is actually, um, wounded masculine energy. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. It's, you're not actually in your feminine energy at all. You're trying to be perfect. And so then that becomes a limitation and that, that spills out. And so it's the way we physically look, the way we talk, the way we engage with people, the ideas we, we put forth, um, even website design, like you name it, perfectionism can sneak in, in all the places. And that is actually very much like wounded, wounded masculine energy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about the, cause I hear this a lot. I'm too late. I'm too late to Instagram. I'm too late to podcasting. I'm too late in my life to start a new change, a new shift. What do you say um, to people who are stuck in that? Can I just call bullshit? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm 41 and I have really struggled. Laura's 34 now, right? Mm-hmm. Just, she, I was like, wait, I was going to say she's 33, but she's 34 now. Um, and when we started the business, I mean, I was, I was on the verge of 40. Like I expected to be like, you know, someone who was 40 under 40. Right. And then I was like, well, I'm never going to have that. Why would I bother getting into business at this age? And I think the stories that we tell ourselves, that, uh, the story of perfectionism, how it tells itself is when I lose five pounds, I'll be ready. When I hire a web designer, I'll be ready. When I know how to start a podcast, I'll be ready. And the reality of it is Google's amazing. Please don't ever think that you have to know all the answers. You can start on Google. Coaches are there for a reason. If you don't want to waste your time, if you value your time and your energy, go hire a coach, somebody that's done it before you. They can teach you the steps on how to do it. That's why they're there. Um, And really when it comes to doing the thing that you want to do and you find yourself telling yourself a story over and over again, do one little thing that's outside your comfort zone. It doesn't mean you have to overhaul your entire life. You don't have to do it all before you start. Just pick that one thing that's like, you know what? If I really tried it, I could do that. Pick that thing, go with it, get comfortable, and then stretch yourself a little bit more. Um, that was how we started the podcast. I didn't know how to do a podcast. Like I, I had been blogging for a couple of years, but as Laura pointed out, all my friends wanted to talk about was Tinder. And I had like one friend that I could talk blogging with and cameras and like, that was awesome. But I, I was ready for something more, but I wasn't ready to be on camera. I wasn't ready to take photos of myself. And so I was like, well, what's the next logical step? Oh, using my voice. How do you use your voice and get it out there without having to go on television? You start a podcast. Yeah. So I figured it out. Like I I didn't know how to do it, but I did it. And I think that there's magic in that beginner's mindset. Like don't write the story of a book that you haven't even read yet. Not even worth it. Write the memoir when you're done and be really proud of the work that you've done. Yeah. I love that. 
And so much of that, you know, you're talking about how you leverage that time, right? Whatever time it is you have, whatever money it is you have, and you both work very hard with women to help them earn that like first hundred K and leverage that time and that money. How I like, this could be a two hour long conversation, but like, what are the kind of those first steps for people to do that? So, well, our, our tagline, our mission and our you know motto for Luscious Hustle is always discover your purpose, create a business you love, manifest the luscious life of your dreams. So it starts with figuring out your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may, you know, how you, um, how you enact that purpose, like the vehicle that that purpose becomes may not look like what you think it will be. I love the work that we do and I love the lifestyle that I have now because of the the business that we've built in the work that we do it it does like the vehicle the packaging is not what I thought it would have been five years ago well and you were a nurse right yeah I was a pediatric nurse yeah. so it's but you have to figure out like what is your purpose so when like the night before I gave birth to my daughter I was like doing a bunch I just done a bunch of readings and like personal development books and I was doing a bunch of journaling and I, I remember like writing out like I want to figure out a way to be at home make money and have having interesting conversations with women like I just want to have these deep amazing incredible conversations with women that are changing people's lives and I didn't know what that looked like I didn't know how that was going to like, how do you have interesting conversations and then make money from that? Like that's, there's, those are two completely different things. They're not connected, but I just set that out as the intention. Like, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be have like diving and having those juicy conversations. Well, that's what I do now. Like on our coaching calls, on our podcasts, when I'm, um, you know, on Insta stories or engaging back and forth with people in our Facebook groups, answering questions, like it's all connection. It's all the relationship I'm building and the exchange that's happening. That's really what fuels me. It's not the work I thought I was going to be doing when I set that purpose or that intention out five years ago, but I'm living it now. So that's the first thing is like, don't, don't judge your own purpose, like figure out what it is that you really love to do. And then don't judge it. Just start taking baby step, baby action steps. Like what Betsy said, just one little step at a time and let the path unfold in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I would say. And I think yeah. that's so important, right? Because so many people will listen to other people's opinions of what our purpose should be, right? Yeah. This is what I want. And someone's like, oh, really? And, well, and, and I, think that's, I think that's where discernment becomes really hard for people, especially women. Like we're emotional beings, right? We lead with our feelings. Like when we, when we want something, we want it. And nine times out of 10, it doesn't totally make sense. And I think when other people's expectations get dumped on you and they become this sort of like, armor for you. Like, that's why I stayed in New York for as long as I did. I was quote unquote, very successful. I was vice president of a company. I was flying all over the world. I was going to fashion shows. Like I was doing all the things, having lunch with designers. And you know, I, at the same time I was miserable, but because everyone kept telling me how awesome my life was and how, Oh my God, you got into so-and-so restaurant. Like, how did you do that? The wait list is six months long. You know, like I was living that New York life. Like it was awesome. It was killing me at the same time. So I, you know, I think people expect their purpose to be this like firework show. Like I found my purpose. Boom. My life is going to change. No, it's not like the, you know, fairy godmother shows up and waves her wand and your entire life shifts overnight. You actually have to like really adjust and course correct and pivot and be willing to do that work. And people around you, when they don't understand that, and you get a lot of questions, it, it challenges your resolve. And so that's why we always start with purpose. We always start with 
Like, why are you doing what you're doing? What is it that you want to achieve? And like Laura said, sometimes the answer isn't as clear at the beginning. We've had clients come to us and they want six figure businesses or they want a six figure year. And they think that they have to do that being a coach. Well, guess what? You can do it as a freelancer. You can do it working, um, you know, going in and doing contract work for a company that you already work for. We've had so many clients that were like, I don't know how I'm going to hit this number. And yet magically things start falling into place when they let go of the expectation of, I have to build an online course. I have to be an online coach. Coaching is not for everybody. Teaching online is not for everybody. And I wish more programs and more coaches honored that and respected that and like looked at, okay, this is the purpose, but here's, there's a different way to do it. And that's really what we strive to do is not just take the it's a one size fits all approach. It's really more, okay, let's get super clear. Let's build a personal brand. And then where does that lead you with your business? Because network marketing is awesome. We've seen women thrive in network marketing and then burn themselves out and be like, okay, what do I do next? I want this money. Like, where do I go? Um, and we've been able to help them step in with that. And we've also seen coaches that weren't meant to be coaches and they have six figure years doing something that truly lights them up. And that feels really good. And they make money faster doing the thing that they love than trying to push being a coach. So, and it's so funny you say that because like this year, so as a coach and I do a bunch of different things, but like, I love corporate speaking and, or Mm -hmm. not, you know, speaking to groups and, you know, teachers conventions and all that kind of stuff that lights me up. And, you know, when I started leaning into the, like, this is just part of the business now. And then it became a big joyous part of it, but like letting go of the, this is what it should look like in any area of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get stuck on that story. And when you have a little bit of success, we once had a girl, a client we worked with and she was doing social media because that was like what her day job was. She's like, Oh, I'm going to become a social media Instagram expert. She's like, I hate this. I hate this. I still want to be a yoga teacher. And she was able to shift, but it took her a while to get out of, well, my dad's really proud of me right now. My mom's really proud of me. My husband's really proud of me. And when you have a bit of success, like I know I want to be a coach forever. Like, yeah, I want to go speak on stages and write books and do all the things. Um, but at the same time, like I always know that coaching is really going to be a part of my life forever. Not everybody can say that. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've done all the way along. That's why I've always been a manager in business. Like I could go in and do it in a, in a corporate setting, but I would rather do it for myself. So like, I'm very clear on my purpose and what I want to do. But if you don't have that passion, like, why are you trying to create a job or a legacy for yourself doing something that you don't actually like doing? Yeah. It doesn't totally make sense. And it is hard to dig underneath the surface and find the purpose and get really clear on what that is. And PS, by the way, purposes can change. Like my dad was my purpose for a long time he's no longer here. That created a void where I'm still like four months later digging back in to figure out, okay, what is that other purpose that I have now? Like I've proven to myself, I can do all these things. So what's the next level version of, and that's scary. Yeah. It's very scary to go back and be like, okay, I had this anchor for four years. What does it look like now? Um, but it's also exciting, which is why I'm digging in and doing the work and figuring it out. And you, lady, sorry. I would just add too that, you know, in the beginning, when you start working your purpose, when you figure out what your purpose is and you start actually doing, taking steps to, to embody it and do it, whatever, whatever iteration that takes, it's often not very glamorous. It often Mm -hmm. will feel small and you'll feel unseen and it will not be very glamorous. In the early days of my network marketing, like I spent hundreds of hours on the phone with, you know, people on my team coaching them for free. And 
no one could, no one on the outside could see that, but I enjoyed it. Like I really, really loved it. And in the early days of our, you know, building the podcast and building the business, I mean, a lot of the engagement I did on Instagram and the connections I was making with other entrepreneurs and like that, all of that stuff was in the background and it was small and it was tiny. And my friends and family didn't, they couldn't see that. They didn't understand that I was quite happy doing that. It just looked like I was spending a lot of time building this podcast and they're like, well, but do you make any money from it? Like, well, not yet. <laughs> I will. Right. But they couldn't see that. And so you just have to trust that, you know, well, I will say this, it's part of why having community is so important. It really is because I had Betsy to reflect back to me that I wasn't crazy and that it was okay for me to be doing this because I was living in my purpose. And then it's the same thing for our clients. Like they feel insulated and they feel seen and they feel heard because they're not alone. And eventually, trust me, it will happen. Eventually your friends and family will catch on. They will, it will be probably a several year delay though, if I'm being completely honest and you just have to be really, it was several years for our friends and family to, even though we made a hundred thousand dollars in our first year of business, we doubled that again in our second year. Like we've, you know, we had a really successful business, but even then they still didn't fully get it right away. They just didn't get it. And so you just have to be patient with them, lovingly patient, and then turn and put your energy and find that community that will support you and make you feel seen and heard. Yeah. I love it. And I just um, also want to give you a shout out to a recent podcast episode that you did. I'm going to link to it in the show notes um, because I think so many entrepreneurs right now or just people in general who have a a side hustle or a business that they're wanting to grow have been told the same message that you ladies were told of like that if you have a plan B, you're not really committed to it, right? And I'm personally in a stage of my life right now, like my husband lost his job due to COVID. We're moving. I am taking on a new job in a week. (laughs) Uh, And so my business is, it's not going away, but it's scaling down. Right. And that does serve my purpose, right. Currently of, you know, having the lifestyle that we want in a different city with our family in nature and all the things. Um, it, does it look like what I thought it was going to look like six months ago? No, but that's okay. And so I'm going to just shout out for all of the listeners who are kind of like, Oh, my business is having to scale back or something's having to look different. Listen to the episode. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Super, super powerful. Well, okay. So can we just celebrate what you said about your purpose? So your purpose right now is to spend time with your friends and family in a new home that is very luscious. It's in a new place. And so you're doing what needs to happen to make that dream come true. I think where people get wrong with purpose is they believe that it's only career related or it's only business related when really your purpose, friends, family, loved ones, spending time with them, that is the key, right? When we're aligned with that, then it makes harder decisions easier to make because we can see, again, nobody needs to validate why you're doing what you're doing for you. Um, I think, you know, being told things, I, I was the one that said that in the podcast episode, like somebody said, like burn plan B or you're not really an entrepreneur. I bought into that lie. Like it was the truth because I, this is where limiting beliefs come from. Actually, it's, I heard it from somebody that I really respected in the entrepreneurial space, someone who had done the thing that I already wanted to do. And so I, because she said that I took that as my truth and I made it my own limiting belief because I didn't quite see that there were other opportunities around there for us. So when it comes to like dismantling limiting beliefs, go back to who's saying it to you. Is this true? Yeah. It wasn't really true for me. And, you know, recognize people say things with the best of intentions. They really, really do. 
but again, is this true for you? Is this true for the life that you want to have? If you know your purpose, it makes it really easier to be like, is this true? No, it's not true. I can take a second job. I can scale back my business for a little bit so that I can do the thing that I really ultimately want because life is too short. Like we should not be fighting to survive when we have options. And I, I was the first one to say that I had no options for a long time and that was not actually true. And I had to learn it the hard way. So don't, don't be like Betsy, (laughs) do the thing that you want to do. Well, and I just like that episode was like a fist pump in my kitchen while I was doing dishes episode. I was like, yes, (laughs) a lot of your episodes are like that. So it listeners, if you haven't heard Lush's Puzzle, go to the podcast right now. Thank you. Awesome. So before we wrap it up, I want to ask you ladies, the final five kind of quick fire that I ask all of my guests. So, um, I think we'll start with Laura and go to Betsy for each of them. So Laura, what gets you fired up in a good way, personal or professional or both? Being around other people's energy, actually, I think like I am an extrovert and it's funny because in some ways I'm kind of more of a homebody than Betsy, who is an introvert. Um, Oddly, but but I like, I mean, I intentionally moved recently this spring um, to like a new apartment, downtown Calgary. And I like that I'm literally in a building with other people. Like it gets me excited, even though I don't, because of COVID, like I haven't actually been able to interact with my neighbors very much. And yet just knowing that there's other people in the building kind of lights me up. Like walking down the street in downtown Calgary and there's other people on bike paths and lots of kids at the parks and it's just that energy and that vibrancy that alone even if I'm not actually having full-blown conversations with those people that energy fuels me Um, but definitely anything like coaching calls podcasts coffee dates things like that like I get really excited and I actually think that um, you know coronavirus and the lockdown heightened that for me. Like I always feel like I felt for a while, I felt like I understand how dogs feel now because like that one chance you get to like go for a car ride or you see, you look out the window and you see someone like going past your street, like, Oh my God, there's a person. You're like, Oh my God, I'm going for a car ride to the grocery store. You get so excited about the little things. And I was like, I get it now. I get what our dogs have all been feeling like, all yeah. but really like that's, that's me. Like I just kind of want to be around people and I'm, I'm quiet around people usually like most people think of extroverts as being super loud, like, you know, life of the party. I'm not a very loud person in social situations. I actually don't do that much talking. Usually I just like being in the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Betsy, how do I follow up that answer <laughs> for me? The thing actually, cause I am the exact opposite of Laura. The thing that really has been lighting me up lately. Um, there's two things. So every morning I have a cardamom latte, which is like so stupid. I don't know. They just make me so happy. You can only get them at Starbucks in Canada. And I figured out how to make them home, make one at home here in Pennsylvania. So that's, that lights me up. It's like the perfect way to shift my energy to start the day. And then the other thing is my little baby pool that we were talking about before. Honestly, 10 minutes with my feet in the water. I put Epsom salts in and I use my energy rings to like charge up the water. Um, but to me that, that can be the boost of energy that I need. And obviously I'm talking about like personal things, quiet time in my own space. Um, no dog, no mom, no family responsibilities. Um, that's actually what fills me up and gets my energy jazzed up in the morning. So yeah. I love it. Well, in this personal development space, we do a lot of reading and I know it's going to be a little hard probably to pick a favorite, but what's a favorite Mm. recent read like last couple of years? Well, I just read the, the two books I read in the last couple of weeks. I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, so Loved it. Really, really good. 
Um, and she's funny too. Like she's kind of like yeah. her sarcasm. I, I really enjoy. Um, and then also the second one was a book called attached attachment or attached I think it's called attached. And it's about, um, you know, explaining like attachment theory going from mm-hmm. like young children or babies uh, and how that actually carries through very strongly as adults and your different types of attachment that you have. Um, reading that book, I was like, Oh, that explains all of the relationships I had in my twenties, like yeah. straight up. That was what was going, where was this book when I was 19 years old? (laughs) Yeah, we had, I had a therapist on the podcast who talked about that being one of her favorite reads. Yeah. Yeah. It was really really good. good. And you can get it. I, she actually recommended it. I listened to it on audible as I'm walking and it's, it's interesting. You can speed it up too. Um, but there's some really good like points in there that if you're wondering about yourself, like (laughs) eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Eye opening. Yeah. Betsy, oh, and then read? for me, um, so, well, uh, my dad passed away recently, so I've been reading On Grief and Grieving by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and I have to say, if you know somebody that has ever lost someone, if you've lost someone, there were so many things I just didn't understand about the grieving process and how much time and space and energy it takes up. It has been one of those books that's just given me permission to feel and to move through things so fast, like way faster than I even thought that I would. Um it's just a really good book. I keep coming back to it. So I highly recommend that one as well because we all need to learn how to grieve and feel that emotion and process it properly. Yes. And, and we all go through, we're all going to go through grief at some stage if we haven't already. P.S. By the way, one of the points, so actually I found this book by listening to um, Brennan, uh, Brené Brown's podcast and she interviewed one of the authors, David. Okay. Um, and one of the things that he said though, and it really does apply, actually, I'm so glad you said this coronavirus, we're grieving a a form of way of life. And Mm -hmm. so if you're really struggling with like the new normal and what, how to let it go, there are stages of grief that we are all experiencing right now. And it's interesting reading this book because I can see where other people are grieving and they just don't want to admit it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're struggling, I highly recommend the book. It's so good. So, so good. We will link to them in the show notes. Uh, best life lesson each of you ladies have learned or advice that you've been given. Mm. Well, I would say, the, I would say the one that came, comes out of this, this past year for me, and this is going to sound really downer. And I, I, I say this with the, so much joy and enthusiasm actually, but like life is hard. Like it is, life is, life is freaking hard. And, you know, Bren, uh, not Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle in her new book that I'm team, she was like, we can do hard things. That's one of her lines in that book. It's like, we, yes, shit gets hard and it gets real and it's unfair and it's ugly and it's all those things, but we can do hard things. So like, let's, let's do it. And that has really been such, um, a beacon of light for me and really leaning into that. Like, okay, it is hard. Who said it was going to be easy? Like let go of that bullshit and lean into getting excited about the fact that sometimes life is hard and we can do hard things. And that has actually, it sounds downer, but for me, it actually like lit a fire mm-hmm. in me once I actually allowed that lesson to really, really sink in. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, mine is always, it's been for such a long time. I don't even know how long I've been saying this, but like life happens outside your comfort zone. Like life mm-hmm. begins outside your comfort zone. I don't even know who says that. Um, but it's, but for me, that's been the case. It's like, whenever I've pushed myself, it's not pushing myself to like to go the out. distance, yeah. right? Like you're not trying to knock it out of the park, but you're trying to hit the ball. And so I think when we can do that dance with fear and excitement and take one teeny tiny step in the right direction, um, that's actually where the magic happens. So 
things are a lot easier than you typically think they are. Yeah. I love that. You're not trying to hit it out of the park. You're trying to hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I like you it. You really are. Yeah. What are your favorite go-to strategies for handling stress? Mm. I would say actually have a good cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> alone because sometimes it gets ugly but <laughs> I really I mean it, it's like what Betsy was talking about before I mean are you really feeling your feelings like get real because a lot of times we think we're feeling our feelings and we're not really we're just sort of stuck in our heads and there's a narrative or say someone has done something wrong to you or someone was b-i-t-c-h or whatever right you play the narrative over and over in your head and you come up with all the justifications about why you're right and they're wrong and da 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 and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to talk to that person and then and, and, and it's like that's not feeling yeah that's thinking like yeah. what did that person actually do and how did it make you feel did it make you feel sad did it make you feel abandoned did it make you feel rejected did it make like what is what is the feeling cuz thinking about a narrative is not a feeling yeah. when you actually let that feeling sit in be like you know what I am really hurt I am really sad I am really feeling abandoned like feel it. You might have to have a good cry about it, yeah. but you will, you won't be able to move forward until you do that stage. Yeah. That's yeah. For, for me, it's showers. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you were to ask me like where I go, I cry in the shower. I me too. have crystals. I'm not a bath person. It's so funny. I grew up as a swimmer and you would think like, I love the pool, but I'm not a bath person. So for me, just standing under the shower, visualizing like everything washing away, um, it's really, really, I could take like six showers a day if I was allowed. I, you know, yeah. I, anything that comes in, it's, it's like the best energy cleanse you could ever have. Yeah. Um, and having like essential oils in the bathroom. So it smells nice. Like there's so many things I think smell for me too. Now that I've said that out loud, smell for me too, is a really big, um, when, when my dad was going, we used a lot of essential oils and it's amazing how you can shift your mindset to like a happier time with the smell or you yeah. can really calm yourself down. So essential oils and showers, that would be my two. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And final question, ladies, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? Mm. I should have had a better answer for this. I, I honestly, I'm just really proud of myself that I'm still alive and I still get to do the things that I love. Like yeah. that honestly, to me, it's, it's, I am living my best life without even trying really hard. Like I'm, I'm here. I have a life. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a lame answer, but no, I, I love right it. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would say something similar. I would say something similar, just like really leaning into how much gratitude I have for all the amazing people and things and opportunities that are happening in my everyday life and just really sinking into that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us. This was so much fun.